Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio Show. Let's make life happen together with authors, scientists, researchers, both inside the box and outside the box of understanding so that you can live a life full of your success, curiosity, enjoyment, happiness, and richness of life in every respect. Let's go beyond our limits. Let's help others go beyond their limits as well. Welcome. We bump it to mentors that have gone beyond their limits for all sorts of different reasons, and then they help us go beyond ours as well. And along with many wonderful mentors, we get to include Yul Swan. Thank you so much, Yul Swan, for joining us today. Oh, oh thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. <laughs> You are the author of the Indigo Journal, Spiritual Healing for Indigo Adults and Other Feminine Souls. And we're going to try to have a conversation different than you've had with other individuals because there are wonderful interviews with you available. Uh, and therefore, this is going to be one of the several that people have an opportunity to scope out. Ayol uh, Swan, we want to take full and complete advantage of the sophistication of spiritual background and training that you have been exposed to because you are an adventurer and also a person who's had opportunities to take advantage of those adventures with many different types of mentors. Um, But that you have written a book that's specific to indigo or crystal or feminine energy souls means that I would like to start off with you addressing who or to whom your book is specifically a guide. It's a wonderful guidebook. So who are these people? Describe the various souls that you try to reach out to in your book. Well, these are souls that are highly sensitive. I call them feminine souls because they're very sensitive and receptive and that means sensitive emotionally and otherwise, you know, sensitive to the environment, to the energy around them, even to chemicals and the food and the air and so on. Uh, and so that makes them also very empathic. So they're absorbing uh, things from the environment that they may not be aware of and they don't know how to handle. You know, we tend to identify with our emotions so much that we just think, well, there's something wrong with me because I'm feeling things really deeply and and I don't even know why, you know, I don't even know where this comes from. So highly sensitive, receptive, intuitive, uh, empathic. Uh, feminine souls are also compassionate and very connected to nature and animals, uh, anything that has a feminine quality, basically, uh, and so I invite these people to learn about my book, to work with me, so they can create a roadmap to help them embrace who they are and what makes them unique so they can bring forth the, their gifts to balance what I consider an overly masculine and materialistic world. And among those feminine souls are indigos uh, who are feminine in in you know wired in, in towards the feminine but also sh- shows some masculine qualities uh within the feminine masculine soul spectrum that I discovered these indigos 
are towards, you know, you can place them towards the middle of the spectrum because they still are very feminine souls, but they they have these masculine qualities that make them very hungry for a deeper understanding of things um, and have a, a, you know, feminine, nonlinear way of thinking, but also very driven by a sense of purpose. And I call, uh, you know, I usually um, refer to indigos as the highly sensitive, intuitive, creative, and empathic visionaries that feel like the ugly duckling in the world. That's so interesting. It is so, you know, you, yeah, I am, I'm struck with so many thoughts and questions at the same time. We're with the old swan, the author of the Indigo Journals. Yul Swan, you know, one thing that I'm very aware of being a healing energy certified individual as well as a psychologist and hypnotherapist, et cetera, et cetera. You know, all of those experiences and degrees behind us and intuitive and psychic, et cetera. I'm struck over and over again with the word healing and the word feminine, both being indicative of a sense of fragileness or oversensitivity that to me, given my past, makes me feel almost like that is an iconic uh, attachment of the word feminine and healing to something that's weak, um, that the weakness, the wound, the harm, the hurt, the pain, the 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 way in which we don't fit the misfit it's the harm and and it's this inherent definition of weakness that seems to come along with feminine or indigo or so forth and so on that I would like very much to break that link in the context of it it's a semantic context that um, anyway, so having said that, what do you think about? Uh, that reaction that I'm having because you're a profound thinker. This is a profoundly well-written book. Uh, what do you think about that link? <laughs> well, th- thank you for those kind words. And uh, well, the truth is that the feminine has been very, very wounded, you know, over 10,000 years or more. And so that's why we carry these uh, imprints and, and, and have been conditioned to perceive the feminine as something that's kind of not as important as the masculine, you know. It, it, it's it, the, the world has been so imbalanced for so long and now it's even more, you know, it, it's reaching this extreme masculinity that wants to completely eliminate the feminine. And so we are very wounded, but of course, that doesn't mean that we cannot tap into our inner power because true power is feminine. You know, that's one of the big uh, misconceptions or, or uh, distortions of the feminine that we've believed for so long that, you know, that being feminine, being a feminine soul, or even being in a, in, a, in a feminine body, in a female body, makes us vulnerable and weak because the masculine has overpowered uh, uh, our qualities, right? But what we fail to to recognize, and those who want to keep things the way they've been, 
also try to promote, you know, to hide and to disguise and dis- keep distorting is that our inner power, our true power comes from the feminine. And it's the power to create the life that we want, to perceive things from a different place, and to place ourselves through our self-perception in, in, you know, in a, in a different position, in a position that is not codependent, that is not uh, wounded, that does not uh, say I'm a victim, you know, we can shift that perception and that's the power of the feminine. That's the power of our emotional intelligence and aligning that emotional intelligence with the masculine uh, mental discrimination that tells us, yeah, well, maybe that's what you want me to believe, but that's not me because I know that there's great potential within me that needs to be expressed and released and, and manifest in many ways uh, in this plane. So I hope I'm, I'm addressing your, your, your concern there because it's really uh, it's a process, of course, because it's been wounded. And the reason why it's been wounded, and I and go into more detail in the book about this, is because we had to experience a, a masculine cosmic cycle. Now we're reaching the end of that, and we're turning things around and going back towards the feminine. And that's why we're all awakening, and all feminine souls are feeling this calling, like, okay, who am I? What am I doing here? What's going on? How can I contribute? And uh, and and of course, being in in this masculine cycle means that this, the masculine is predominant and the feminine goes into the subconscious. It goes, it remains hidden. But now we're awakening to its calling and we're really becoming more aware of who we are, why we do the things we do, why we uh, keep self-defeating patterns and how we can break free from those and so on, which is the process of self-empowerment that we all need to go through to bring that more of the feminine and bring balance into the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like the word balance a, a great deal because I do feel that, well, you know, ultimately it's going to be the synergism, the beautiful integration between masculine and feminine energy that's going to create the harmony and also going to embody the true power that both types of icons, the the icon of the masculine, the icon of the feminine, have to contribute to the greater whole. So that idea of balance is interesting. And so I get the impression, Yul Swan, from what you have said, that the people who you are reaching out to in your book are those of the feminine energy that experience what they've gone through as wounded and have experienced the way people react to who they are as a rejection and that you're there to try to liberate them from that type of consciousness so that they can really embody that their particular way of being in this world is amazing and loaded with capacity that can have quite an impact on this planet. Is that fair to say, or have I missed something in that regard? Uh, no, that, that's absolutely right. Because in my own experience, I felt out of place and misunderstood and invisible and insignificant. And so I had to grow from that self-perception into the self-perception that I have now and that I help other people 
uh, awaken, you know, and, and develop is that, wow, I have so much creative power. I can accomplish absolutely anything I set my mind to. And it's not just me because I'm gifted. It's because th- that's the power of the feminine, that creative potential that m- creates things from out, practically out of nothing. And so from an idea or from a seed or from, you know, a little something, you can really uh, contribute to the, the betterment of the world and, more importantly, bring forth that inner vision of the feminine, which is more loving, more compassionate, more abundant, uh, definitely healing because healing is, is the uh, the quality of love and, and love is, is the feminine aspect of consciousness. So that's what we need in the planet right now. This is a planet who's... Uh, suffering greatly and we need to bring forth everything that's healing and positive which is feminine to balance things out again and 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 so those people who are feeling this awakening you know this calling and asking themselves how can i feel less wounded what how can i leave my past behind how can i grow and move forward uh with confidence and, and clarity about who i am and what i want those are the the the, the audience, I guess, uh, for the book and, and for the work that I do. Those are the the ones that feel really uh, not just disconnected, but but disempowered. Like they feel like they 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 they're confused about who they are and what they're doing here. Yeah. Okay, and again, listeners, this is Jill Swan. You can get her book Indigo Journals through Amazon and uh, read the wonderful reviews about how it has liberated many people uh, to become their greater self or to examine their potential. You know, Yul Swan, I love the biographical part of your book because I was intrigued by how you could seize each of the days and opportunities with a mix of all sorts of different feminine emotions and masculine capacity to take advantage of your opportunities um, that you could be authentic to all of your emotions and then also avail yourself of all the magic that you were able to put yourself in place of. Can you give us some of the stories with the great masters you studied that were transformative so that individuals can know they have to read that part of the book? It will inspire and it will expand. <laughs> Well, I have so many wonderful experiences with my my teachers, but um well, one that comes to mind is being in this uh Vipassana retreat for forty days, and it was all about meditation and of course, when the mind has to focus on something specific like that, it triggers all sorts of uh uh, obstacles, you know, and resistance and thoughts and doubts and all, all all kinds of emotions. And so going through this retreat was very enlightening because uh, I could see how everyone in the group was going through the same things I was going through and almost in the same order. So that kind of gave me a really good insight into the ego mind and how it's so compartmentalized and so it, it tends to compartmentalize every our own perception and everything we experience right and then one day um uh that our teacher 
said, okay, we're going to have a meditation with him outside in a really nice uh, backyard. And everybody's so excited, you know, we're all, oh, yeah, like the teacher, he's got to meditate with us because most of the retreat was pretty individual. You had to meditate uh, on your own and, and you had to be silent and, you know, there were so many restrictions. So you could focus on the mind and really understand what it was doing. So we are all outside waiting for the Ajahn, which is the uh, Thai Buddhist master, and and everybody's so excited and feeling so special because the teacher is coming to meditate with us. And then he uh, he comes outside. Everybody sits down, very quiet. He looks at everyone and says, uh, "No, I changed my mind. We're not meditating today." And he left. And everyone is oh so disappointed and feeling you know worthless. And the the biggest lesson there is how we get so stuck in the wounded child archetype that we're always waiting for someone to come and, and be the, the perfect parent or take the place of our parents and and guide us and make us feel that we're so special and so good and so you know so spiritual in that context when the truth is that all of it is just you know the wounded ego or the wounded child archetype and in when we really need to grow and to feel more empowered and, and and achieve what we are supposedly seeking to achieve through those experiences, uh, like the the spiritual. Uh, I'm talking about the spiritual context because I've seen so many people just getting, and myself included, of course, getting their ego spiritualized, but not really transcending that in any way and not really questioning that aspect. So this uh, teacher was the perfect teacher to show me that, you know, okay, who are you going to believe? Your wounded Mm -hmm. child, you know, that ego that wants to be so important or the true you? that just needs to follow through and focus and be disciplined and, and you know, utilize your creative energy in a more positive way. So, I mean, that, that's just one story. I have so many, but they're, they're, all my teachers were absolutely amazing, amazing people, amazing and beings. That is, that's such an interesting story to choose. I didn't think of when I guessed ahead how you would answer that. That would not have been the one I chose, but I think it's perfect. To what I what what I was left with after perusing your book and trying to digest different pockets of it very intensely, was that I get the impression that per, that we are in a subculture where people feel the entitlement of being treated special, and so when they are not treated specially, uh, they feel wounded as if that's the wound. The wound is I'm not being treated specially, and I should have, therefore I'm deprived. As opposed to recognizing, gee, you know, I would really like and prefer to be treated this way. That would be very pleasant and wonderful. I would feel connected and I would feel important and valued. But this human being here, my mother, my father, my president, my whomever, may not have the capacity to treat me as if I'm special. So why would I put my merit and my power in anybody else's hands? as opposed to my own exploration of my own capacity to contribute to the well-being of others, the planet, and to contribute to the well-being of myself. So that the focus is not so much the wound out of the expectations that I shouldn't have been wounded in those ways, as much as, uh, you know, these other frailing 
imperfect human beings can only offer so much. Why put my well-being and self-esteem in anybody else's hands? What do you think about that approach to what you're talking about? Uh, Yeah, I, I completely agree with that because it's through breaking that codependency that we find ourselves, we find our true selves, you know, and it's that process of healing the wounded child archetype, you know, and of course we all get stuck there because when we are children, we do need that appreciation, we need that support, we need that, uh, uh, you know, the sense that we are valuable and we're loved and we are important, that's important for our development, but most of us don't get that because we live in a very dysfunctional world. And so, uh, well, that's one aspect. And another aspect is because we come to heal, we reincarnate to heal, we need to internalize the issues that we're here to work through. You know, and that's one of the focuses of the book as well is you're not a victim. You've chosen absolutely everything that you go through. So as long as you... Uh, remain in that victim mentality uh, and, and trying to to heal yourself through others, you're going to remain stuck in the same self-perception. You need to shift and start taking spiritual responsibility for everything that you think, you feel, you do, all the motivations that you have, you know, especially the hidden ones and and the the, the actions that you take in the world to place you in a in a better position, to place yourself in a higher place, to place yourself uh, with a higher perspective, not because you're more important, but because you have that ability to tap into the, you know, the, the, the feminine, the creative and healing power within you to leave that past behind, that self-perception that you've carried from not just this, lifetime but many lifetimes and uh and and reach a higher place of connection connection to yourself integration and connection to you know the world the rest the people the 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 human collective uh to to bring your contribution and to make things better you know more loving more uh, more enlightened yeah it's um it's one of the main focuses of the book, precisely. It's to break free from that codependency. Because we are born codependent, but we need to learn to grow and break break free from that to become who we truly are. And in that uniqueness is absolutely essential for the expansion of consciousness. We cannot be all the same, doing the same thing. You know, we have to each go through the experiences that we go through and grow through those experiences to then share our own little sliver of consciousness, our own perception, our own authentic uh, selves, uh, you know, for for the collective. You know, Miriam Williamson, uh, Course in Miracles, it suggested that we were just, we're all much more afraid not of how powerless we are, but of how powerful we are. What is your, yeah, what's totally your take agree. on that aspect of things? Yeah, tell me more. Yes, I, I I absolutely agree. You know, most people think 
and I see this a lot in my clients as well, that we're afraid uh, of failure. But the truth is that we've been so... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like like our, our inner power, because it's feminine power, has been so devaluated, you know, it's been so dismissed and, and suppressed in so many ways that we're really terrified uh, to tap into that power and accomplish everything that we want. You know, remaining in the self-perception of victims of not or, or not having control or being, you know, like the the wounded child archetype, you know, like we're we're still wounded, we're still vulnerable, we're still small, it's a safe place because then I don't have to express who I am. I don't have to take full responsibility for what I do. I can blame someone else somehow, right? But when I'm really uh, taking full spiritual responsibility for everything that I am and everything that uh, I experience, then it's 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 all me, and it's it's a big you know it's a big overwhelming thought. But at the same time, if we shift our perception and we're not that child anymore, it's very empowering because it allows you to create the the life that you really want, create the future that you want, that you envision, that you're actually here to create. You know, it's kind of your function as an individual soul to create something that's unique, that has your soul signature on it, and imprints the collective with it. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with that statement, definitely. We, we are more afraid of our own power than uh, than just remaining in, you know, the, the, the same familiar places that are unpleasant, but, you know, they're familiar, so it's okay. I I, I get used comfy <laughs> in there, and, and I'm okay. I can hide. And this is the mm-hmm. time precisely for the feminine to come forth. So all these feminine souls that uh, I'm trying to to, to address and help and, and, uh, and empower with the book and through my work are precisely the ones that tend to remain hidden behind someone else or... Uh, not express who they are, what they want, how they feel, just feel, you know, remain hidden and, and, and small and visible like when they were kids. And this also comes from past lives. You know, in the past we've been uh, persecuted and, and, and punished and, uh, you know, tortured and you name it. We've been hurt in so many ways when we express something that was against the status quo, against the, the predominant masculine, that, of course, we learn to just remain quiet and hidden and, and not not make any waves. <laughs> you know, when, I, when I did some shamanic training in Peru, I was struck by how there is simultaneously this Pachamama and also the Papa. That simultaneously, there was the masculine and the feminine, every archetype around so that, you know, one cave would have as much reference to the feminine as it would to the masculine, or one ceremony with the shamans would have a combination of them fused together as much as possible. And in that culture, it, I traveled around as well. I saw oppression of the men, and I saw oppression of the women. Um, I saw oppression of both, uh, so that 
the men were disempowered, the women were disempowered, and like like manner, they were both empowered in different ways. And I also uh, note that when I am interacting with people who have sons versus individuals who are raising w- girls, daughters, um, when they when both families of our equal uh, consciousness, you know, they're both conscientious and want the best for their child regardless of gender, that those who raise their daughters fear the wounded, the capacity of them to be wounded in our society and that they have to raise up the Artemises that you mentioned in your book. And those that raise sons fear other sorts of wounds, the fear that their sons will not have a warrior capacity to enter into the masculine energy that's such an archetype. And I become aware that both men and women can be raised to be afraid uh, of the possibility of them being wounded by the energies that go on. You're suggesting that the energies that will wound them are masculine. And I'm suggesting that maybe it's uh, a broader aspect of that. What's your take so far on what I'm saying? Uh, Well, my take is is that the, the feminine is wounded, but it's wounded in everyone, not just women. You know, we all have feminine and masculine within us, and the soul is a series of energy layers. Some are feminine and some are masculine. So the feminine has been more... Um, kind of left behind. It's it's less valued. So in the world, it's more valuable for anyone to accomplish something and have a career and be productive and make money and you know get, gain recognition. Those are uh, masculine aspects. It's not so important to get to know who they are and to be in touch with their their emotions and their spiritual aspects. That's less important. You know, now things are changing a little bit, so that's, uh, you know, the balance there is shifting as well. But it's 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 the feminine within each of us, the feminine qualities of, of you know, empathy and compassion and love and creative, uh, you know, creativity. Those uh, have been less value than the more masculine qualities of, you know, taking action and and uh being logical and rational and following what what the what the mental aspects are dictating, you know, and what the physical senses are showing. This is what's real and that's it. You know, the the feminine is more what's underneath is the energy, is the the, the spiritual qualities. It's the creative potential that expands everything, you know, whether it's an idea or, or anything. And and those need to be uh, aligned with each other for any individual to feel strong and, and, and empowered in who they are and be able to express themselves in their unique way in the world. It does, it's not gender-based, but it's, it's the, 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 I'm talking about energy qualities, spiritual qualities. And uh, in uh, the world, the feminine qualities are less valued, you know, than the masculine. It's the, the being productive, you know, the scientific approach as opposed to the more 
mystical or esoteric uh, approach, you know, metaphysical. So those are the differences that, that I'm that I'm making here and, and in the book. Okay. So now you're, the, the second part of your book is is full of, of recommendations, suggestions, lists, uh, approaches to take that help individuals be grounded and, and powerful at the same time. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to you taking us right now through a, a series of different ways of, of, of being able to become our power, even today, like meditation or process that today we can take so that we can all kind of capture the strengths of powers that are so essentially ourselves, regardless of where we're coming from, regardless of where we're going. And I want to say that as we move into that, that one of the things that I found very helpful were your archetypes. And I loved Artemis, for example, where Artemis is simultaneously not a warrior personality, and yet she's capable of being a warrior. She's skillful at it. And yet, fundamentally, she's a protector. Fundamentally, she's loving. Fundamentally, but she has tremendous power as well that's both feminine and capable of being engaging within the masculine uh, domain. And that, to, to me, is such a beautiful um, icon, archetype, that becomes a guide in the course of the day for me. So fire away in terms of what today you feel led um, is the path that will help people through their power search. Uh, well, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Artemis because that's, to me, that's the, the indigo archetype, you know, uh, which is the feminine, very strong feminine quality. You know, she's a feminine goddess, but she has these goal-oriented masculine qualities that... Uh, that allow her to be so self-empowered. You know, if you think about it, Artemis is is the creative spark in everyone. You know, that's why she's the she gives birth to Apollo, the, you know, the god of arts. She's the midwife that gives birth to that. And that's what the feminine is really about. It's giving birth to all the potential, to all the the incredible things that we can accomplish when we set our mind to, but it also requires, like Artemis, that goal-oriented focus, self-discipline, that are masculine qualities, um, that feminine souls tend to um, not develop so much, you know, um, because the feminine itself is more receptive, so it's more passive, or it, it has the tendency towards being more passive and just receiving, absorbing, um, like the the feminine souls that I uh, uh, that I'm talking to in the book are these highly empathic people that do not know what to do with everything that they're just absorbing, and so the the process of healing is to set clear boundaries and, and, and ground yourself and make sure that you, you're clear about who you are and, what, and where you end and others begin so you can manage your energy uh, to accomplish what you want to accomplish, no matter what it is, and to express what you need to express. Uh, and, and part of that self-expression or, or the process of healing and is, of course, to, to become self-aware 
to express yourself freely. So it entails emotional uh, freedom, you know, to be able to say no when you want to say no <laughs> and to be able to give just as much as you want to give and not be the, the, the mothering and the fixer that, you know, feminine souls tend to fall for. Like we were just giving, 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 and then we're so depleted and frustrated and resentful, you know. So we, to give ourselves the, the permission to to say no to what we don't want and to give as much as we want to give and not what um, where we start self-effacing, you know, and, and to have the, develop the discipline to focus on what we really want that allows us to express who we are and feel more connected to ourselves. Again, it's, it's the process of breaking free from that codependency. And Artemis is the perfect example because she's not, she doesn't care about the, you know, the what goes on in the world. She remains uh, connected to nature, always taking care of nature, of Mother Earth, of her mother, of the feminine and and women. Uh, always willing to bring, you know, masculine arrogance <laughs> down a notch whenever she has the opportunity. Uh, but at the same time, uh, very independent, very clear about who she is. She doesn't need praise. She doesn't need temples. You know, she's very much one in herself. And to me, that's the most healing and empowering uh, model for any feminine soul. It's like to be mm-hmm. completely one in yourself. Be who you truly are, regardless of what others think or want or expect or judge in you. You are who you are because that's your greatest contribution to this universe, being absolutely authentic and empowered in that uh, in that sense of self. It, it, and for me, uh, she represents this beautiful uh, inter inter action, this integration between masculine and feminine, a hope in my mind for the future of the planet where we can just embrace both sides and the values of both and then also recognize that both without the other is not as not as potent and not as caring and not as capable. Uh, as, it's fundamental to uh, what you're saying is respect yourself. Spend the day respecting yourself. Um, not, we're not talking about indulging, and we're not talking about uh, expressing yourself as this amazing individual that you hope everybody else will respect, but instead respect yourself, respect your limits, respect your self-definition, respect your gifts, respect uh, you, you, the time you need to yourself, respect whatever makes you feel healthy and happy, happiest in the healthiest of ways. Respect what you have to give and offer and what you want to create and provide for others as well. How do you feel about that word respect being kind of a cornerstone to the very clear, wonderful guidance you offer in the second half of your book? Well, yeah, I agree. That's very important. Uh, the, the, The thing I would like to point out is that in order for you to respect yourself, you need to become aware of of who you are. In other words, to recognize what's so valuable in you and to cherish that because it's that process of self-love, uh, of developing, you know, of opening up to that self-love that that heals and that really allows that creative potential to come forth 
to uh, to connect to the spiritual forces within you that uh, act that uh, animates and and are always guiding you and trying to lead you towards what you're here to accomplish uh, from a soul perspective, not just uh, not just in the world, you know, from from a for your soul evolution, your soul growth, and that that starts by looking within, by becoming aware of who you are, why you do the things you do, why you may place yourself in uh, in situations or positions that are not that are not very loving, not very dignified, uh, why you sabotage your projects and and the processes that you want to go through, the the experiences that you want to experience. You know, why you take away from you instead of recognizing how important you are, how valuable you are, and how unique you are. You, unique not just as an individual, but, but as a soul. You know, how that, that uh, embracing and respecting that divine uniqueness, divine difference, to me is essential because we live in a world where everyone is trying to standardize everything, you know. <laughs> Everybody should behave the same way. Mm-hmm. Everyone should follow the same uh, uh, commands and everybody should do what others want. You know, the behavior is so manipulated and controlled on a mass level that we need to recognize and respect that uniqueness, not just in ourselves, but in everyone else, so that we can be more, more tolerant, take more... Um, spiritual responsibility for who we are and allow others to do the same because we are each in a different journey, traveling our our own path and and our soul evolution. And so that uh, respect comes from within. If you respect yourself, you're definitely going to be more respectful and tolerant of others. And that would definitely bring a much more peaceful and loving world <laughs> that we're all yearning for. It's well said. You know, you you made reference at the beginning of this this really uh, thoughtful answer to um, our divine powers, our soul capacities, and I'm wondering if at this juncture, part of the the indigos, the crystal, the feminine soul, part of their recognizing that they do not need to live in the wound of life, but can live in the power of who they are is that they can capture their soul tools, their spiritual tools, to be incredibly divinely powerful uh, on so many different dimensions. Just a small example from your book is when you had that Argentina healer come and literally you experienced his hand spiritually and in many ways physically entering into your body and healing different portions of your physical body. And that that is such a profound experience of the uh, of of the non physical having tremendous impact on the physical and is that type of spiritual tool, for example, one of many 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 spiritual tools that are available to people that will help them move beyond their powerlessness in a way of not only healing themselves but also helping to heal the planet. What do you think of that idea? Oh yeah, we definitely have everything we need to heal within ourselves. You know, we are sparks of consciousness. 
and everything uh, comes from consciousness. There's nothing that is not part of consciousness. And so we have that incredible potential for creating, for transforming, for healing, for uh, regenerating. I mean, we have, I mean, it's, 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 it's infinite, really infinite potential. And that's the power of the feminine as well, that ability to create and transform. And so that experience with the, um, the psychic surgeon was very enlightening because I've always perceived life as energy. To me, everything is energy. And that was like the absolute confirmation, you know, because his hands just went through my skin as if nothing, and then I could feel what he was doing there. Uh, and then I was, you know, uh, it was, it was the surgery was done, and I was fine. It was perfect. And uh, the more, you know, one of the things that I want to point out here is that the more we get identified with the physical senses the further away we tend to be from our spiritual senses and the spiritual forces that animate us and that give us the power to create absolutely anything that we want or transform anything that we want, especially this world. So that's why those who are in power who are excessively masculine souls want to keep us focused on the physical and keep feeding our, um, you know, the physical desires and physical attachments and physical uh, motivations because that way, you know, we're sure to to remain away from our true power, our true creative power and, and the, the spiritual potential uh, to, you know, change the world. Not just change our lives, of course, but also change how, how we are, how we co-create this this uh, human experience. From your own personal experience, was there and um, and manifestations of different powers, divine spiritual powers that you began to manifest that woke you up to realizing why am I living blinded by my power, my perceived powerlessness? When I look at, I have all these powers to have impact and influence and help and heal uh, and create more wholeness. Uh, can you describe that those experiences or moments in your own life where you said, wow, I, I have these soul gifts. Let's use them. Yeah, that that was probably the most impactful was when I started on the spiritual journey after, you know, several years, seven years of psychotherapy uh, that kind of launched me into wanting to know more and, and understand consciousness and energy better, um, especially because I grew up perceiving life as energy and sensing energies and all, but nobody around me could really guide me or, or help me understand what was going on. So when I started looking within and exploring you know, my emotional terrain and understanding my past and my tendencies and all that, I wanted to know more. I wanted to delve deeper. And so I went into um, what I call a personal retreat for three years in almost complete isolation. So I was really focused on understanding myself and my motivations and and, and how energy 
how energy kind of went through me and, and manifested in different ways. And so that's when I had nobody to distract me, uh, nobody to blame for what was going on, of course, and it was all the focus on me. And I started noticing different things, like, for example, if I went through a really strong cathartic experience because I was, you know, healing some deep wounds, um, then some kind of insects would invade my home. This is just a silly example, but it's it's a it's a it's very real. And so I would have these uh, big spiders come in, or or and I was like, okay, what do I do? And I in- intuitively knew if I killed them, then they would have to come back in some way because they're energy. They're the energy that I just released. So I would not touch them. I would just kind of guide them out and just uh, put them out. Another example would be. Uh, and I was, again, going through a lot of stuff during those three years, and I cried a lot, which I actually recommend everyone to do. <laughs> so I cried a lot <laughs> as a way of releasing and healing, right? Because you, you release all the stuff that you've been uh, accumulating and just that just keeps brewing within you. And I would cry until my, at some point, one of my eyes was really puffy. Uh, like, I don't know if it was... Uh, kind of an infection or something, you know. So it was really puffy, and I would just kind of try to uh, treat it naturally, you know, with some uh, rose water or some chamomile or something. And, and and that's it, you know. And then I went to sleep, and the morning after, I woke up and my eye was perfectly fine, but when I went downstairs, my uh, my cat was sitting on the couch, and his eye was completely puffy. You know, the same eye on the same side. And so those types of uh, experiences, you know, they were simple, but they were very clear, very obvious that energy just uh, moves from one place to another. It's always uh, exchanging. It's always changing and shifting forms and shapes, but it's all energy manifesting in many different ways. And you can utilize that energy to to channel it and focus on, on on your own healing, your self-exploration, your uh, your inner power, or you can remain focused on the external, the physical, and believe that that's just that's what's real. That's the, that's the only thing there is. But it's always manifesting. Occur- everything in your environment, everything in your reality is always reflecting back your own energy, your own self-perception. Mm-hmm. I think that the power that uh, is available, um, you know, the word power itself is considered a masculine word uh, by definition of the archetypes. But the truth is, is that there's feminine power and masculine power. So it's a, it's a word that can't be owned by either camp, uh, right? And so to say that we uh, can powerfully heal by having infiltration into the energetics of politics or the energetics of the way the planet is environmentally managed or the energetics of the financial industry is really something that I'm very keen on helping people realize that we, you know, you can either become a, a person that's involved in politics and a politician yourself as an example and have an impact. Um, but if you are a spiritually inclined individual, 
You can also have an impact by having an infiltration of that healing energy move in that direction. And this is this is a feminine mystical power in in the tradition of the archetypes. Um, but it's also, you know, it's a sorcerer is also archetypal. If we, I, 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 I'm just having a, a, a difficulty really letting either masculine or feminine own the word power, um, other than to say that you, it just seems like in your book you're just inclined to say, move into this shift of power consciousness and away from your wound so that you can know with a great deal of respect the influence you can have subtly or not so subtly on those things that you are compassionate for and passionate about. And I'm excited about that book having impact on people's lives, whether they're feeling very small or very big. Um, Would you like to elaborate? Sure. Well, everything has both aspects, the feminine and the masculine. They're always interacting with each other this creation is an interplay of feminine and masculine. And when you start really uh, seeing that, it makes things start making a lot of sense, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Because the masculine is always going to be more external, more action-oriented. And that's good. That's its place. That's what it's supposed to be, right? And the feminine is always going to be more internal, more um, more intimate, more subtle. And so we need both, we need to embrace both to feel whole and to feel um, clear and, and strong in who we are. We cannot live of intuition alone. We cannot live on actions alone. We cannot live on, you know, the physical senses alone. We need integration of everything that we are. And we are very complex, multi-layered souls. So we need to align all of those aspects removing what's not true to us, uh, what's not really who we are, to to feel, yeah, this is me. This is uh, why I do things the way I do things. This is what I want. This is how I perceive. This is how I express myself. And that's the, 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 the true power, the power to be yourself, the power to be free emotionally and spiritually. That's what all the enlightened teachers uh teach like the 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 story that I mentioned earlier with my um Thai teacher is that he didn't care what others thought he didn't care about other people's expectations he was absolutely free i mean that was you know amazing he was not uh out to please anyone he was just teaching absolute freedom absolute spiritual freedom and and we're always trapped in this sense of what others are going to think about me, how I present myself in the world, am I spiritual enough or good enough or this enough? And and we forget that our true power is to be who we are internally from within. Then we can do whatever we want with it on the outside. But, you know, it, if we just want to accomplish uh, on the outside, yeah, that may feel make us feel uh, strong and powerful out there, but there's big holes, big aspects that are not uh, nurtured that need to be taken care of, and that 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 doesn't you know that combination <clears throat> does not yield a happy, meaningful life. 
if we want to have a life with purpose, with meaning, uh, a joyful life that we also leave as, as our legacy, we need that integration. The inner power is feminine. It's the power to be who you truly are, free from other people's expectations and free from your own self-images and, and blockages and resistance. Uh, the external power is more masculine, but it comes after. You know, it's really the the manifestation of what goes within you. What we see in the world is usually abuse of power, abuse of masculine power. So everybody's kind of like, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want to be part of that club because they're just destroying the planet, right? But what we're here to develop is the internal power, the inner power that uh, that is capable of bringing balance because it gives us that loving, compassionate, tolerant uh, perception that is going to influence the collective mind as well. So we work within ourselves, we work in ourselves, and we influence the rest uh, through that, you know, that 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 medium because we're connected to everything and everyone i love the way you you as you talk about the power of integrating this and and allowing them to work together in the synergistic uh, helpful collaborative process inside ourselves outside ourselves in the world away from the world it is truly a, a a wonderful clarity to be able to wear all of the outfits of who we are. I love that idea that, you know, be all of who you are and step into that without resistance. You mentioned that many times in your books, the book Do Not Resist, um, that you drop the resistance down, that something that one of your teachers would teach you, you'd suddenly feel the resistance going down to your emotions or to who you are or to the way you're going to embrace or the way you're going to see a circumstance and that experience of the resistance is coming down was quite remarkable. We have only two more minutes, Yol Swan. So <laughs> if you will articulate what you want to make sure we have at the end of this program that embraces us to really embrace ourselves. Uh, well, we need to um, ground ourselves in the planet, in the earth, you know, in our bodies and the planet because the body belongs to the earth. It's made of the earth. And the earth is a very feminine planet. So we need mm-hmm. to ground ourselves there so we're not just uh, in the mental, ethereal, or spiritual realms, you know, but we're really fully integrated in in in. In what we're here to do, to bring all that incredible creative and spiritual potential into manifestation here in the physical, because that's the the, the experience that we're choosing to go through right now in this uh, physical dimension, um, and aligning ourselves to you know all the aspects of our souls: the feminine, the masculine, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, and the physical. Without that self-alignment. We're always going to feel, you know, like scattered, like we can't really accomplish what we want or we can't really see the whole picture of who we are. So the process of personal and spiritual growth has to be a process of integration and self-alignment. Uh, 
And I encourage everyone to read my book. You can go to Amazon to find it or learn more about it at um, theindigojournals.com. And I also wanted to mention that uh, I offer different services and seminars. I'm launching a group program this year based on the book and the tools given in the book uh, that's called Unlock Your Hidden Power for Self-Healing, Abundance, and Joy. And um, they can find more uh, information, uh, subscribe to my newsletter to to stay in touch with me at soulguidedcoach.com. That's my main uh, website, and people can contact me through that. Oh, you have many websites, I see. Then, So let's go through those websites once again. You have one that's called theindigojournals.com. Yeah, that's for the book. And then continue. uh, soulguidedcoach.com is my main uh, business website, you know, where I offer spiritual counseling, uh, business coaching for spiritual entrepreneurs. I have an Indigo Soul Healing program, energy healing, you know, all the work that I do. And then, of course, I have my author website, which is yoswan.com, where you can uh, learn more about me, my books, and so on. Yeah. And connect with Folks, me. Folks, this is Yul Swan, indi- indi- the Indigo Journals, is so thought-provoking and will move you into looking at yourself and others with a great deal more complexity and appreciation and respect. You'll walk away with a sense of having to live up to power or powers that you hadn't even yet known existed inside of you, and that's invaluable. So, Yul Swan, thank you so much for letting us entangle you in all sorts of different thoughts and questions as we all kind of seek our our next highest evolutional contribution to ourselves and others. Thank you, Yul Swan. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Carol. Thank you. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. All right, listeners, go forth. Think outside the box, in the box. Have fun. <laughs>